Hello, hey, this is Kage. Welcome to another edition of Utaku Life. I have a very, very special guest here today. Um, this uh, this kind of like my hero growing up. Um, I've known him since I was a teenager. He is like uh, the almighty my Deku. <laughs> Chris, how you doing? All right, yourself? Great. This is um this this um this is Christopher Wanamaker, known as America's greatest otaku. This one everybody know for the for the ill informed, but he's very well known in the otaku streets, you know. <laughs> so anything good with you? Oh yeah. I've just been chilling and um working as best I can, um what and whatnot, just um chilling, watching anime. I can uh, peak wise, yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm just um, I'm um, ripping and running through these otaku streets. You know what I'm saying? Trying to you know let you know let people know what time it is. I, I'm I'm really happy you're on the show because I feel like more people should know who you are. I mean, you are very well known in certain circles, but I want everyone to know who you are. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, yeah, so um, just to let the listeners know, I was introduced to Mr. Wanamaker um, through the DC Anime Club. Um, he runs the DC Anime Club. Um, I first, I was a teenager, um, and I went to his um, first uh, anime, one of the first meeting, one, um, my first meeting with the DC Anime Club in the Martin Luther King Library. Um, it was a very, it was very fun. Um, it's really interesting experience to watch anime with a group. It's a whole, whole different experience watching with a group than by yourself. Um, he had some very, he did some very lovely events um, in the, um, through the DC Anime Club that I was uh, happy to be a part of. Um, and I really, he was a great role model because he was a man in the anime community and um whenever something went wrong he always handled business you know and i was always looked up and respected that um how did you get into anime christopher oh that was like oh wow <laughs> it was through um arrow's video store um at the time i was watching a bunch of uh, marvel um cartoons of uh, back in the day uh, spider-man iron man uh, Captain America, just the 1960s um, animated shows. And then I wind up, uh, my brother found this, um, some of these um, other tapes. We had these things called tapes. We didn't have DVDs. We had VHS tapes on this thing called a VCR or even beta, <laughs> yeah. beta tapes. And <laughs> I remember those. <laughs> yeah, we went to this store called Arrow's Video Store. And what wind up happening is that uh, my brother suggested we do something different other than just uh, watch Marvel. Um, cartoons and we tried out these two tapes one was star star wars the empire strikes back and the other was space pirate captain harlock uh okay. it was dubbed by the late um carl masick and brought to america by streamline pictures 
And we were just in awe with the um, animation quality. I mean, we we show, showed um, saw these previews at the end of um, Captain Harlock with um, Candy Candy, Pupsy. I think it was called Pupsy. I know one was called Candy Candy. Another one was called Lensman. And we were so in awe. And then we started collecting more and started watching more. I started watching um, other um, anime. Uh, one, some of them were Devil Hunter Yoko, The Dirty Pair. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Um, what else? And Space Pirate, um, mm-hmm. Space Pirate Captain Harlock, yes. But also uh, Rama One Half. Uh, that was the one, main yeah. one I was always collecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, I just ever since then, I started like collecting them on VHS. Every time I had a summer job under the DC Summer Youth Program, I just blow all my money on um, anime. So, yeah, that's pretty much how it, like, really got started as far as, like, me getting into anime and whatnot. Um, I was into anime since I was, like, seven. So, yeah, I just never really stopped watching it and whatnot. And every time I see anime, I was, like, all giddy about it, uh, about anime. I mean, I just love the animation quality and the stories. And I just wanted to see more and more um, anime and what have you. So, yeah. Yeah, so I know you've seen a lot of anime. Do you have some favorite anime you like? Um, it's a pretty much a tie between Space Pirate Captain Harlock, since that's the anime that um that was like really um started my anime fandom. Um, Wenderia, since that's what really got me um really hooked on anime. Wenderia, if you haven't watched it, um, it's also brought here by Streamline Pictures, and that was um dubbed and called um once uh, once upon a time as well and the uh, my favorite other one other anime would have to be afro samurai um voiced by samuel jackson who's also the voice of ninja Why do you like that one i like i love um afro samurai i love afro samurai because afro samurai not just the um the music and not just because um because to be blunt you have a black character that's an anime character and he's like this strong silent type and i relate to him because i as an african-american have been harassed by the cops just by walking sometimes and the other time i was harassed um somebody thought that my dragon dagger from mighty morphin power rangers um was actually a real knife i was carrying around in my neighborhood and i somebody just thought it was a real knife and called the cops on me because they thought it was a real knife. And some then one of the cops, fortunately, was a Power Ranger fan as well. And he showed me a picture of him and his son with um, Jason David Frank, a.k.a. the Green Ranger. I just call him the Every Ranger because, I mean, he's been a um, Ranger for so many times. I mean, um, he's been, like, at least about five Rangers. One is, uh, what do you call it, uh, Lord Dracon. If you haven't watched Shattered... On that watch, but have you if you ever seen the trailer? And also, what's the other thing? Um, he what was it? It was called Shattered Grid, the comic book. But yeah, um, somebody um, they thought it was um like a real knife or whatever, and I was like, okay. But that's how I kind of relate to um, Afro Samurai because he's the strong, silent type, and everyone's kind of messing with him and trying to um, um defeat him because he has the number two headband. And the only way, way you can defeat um, or fight against the number one one headband carrier is to get the number two headband. 
Because the problem with the number two headband is that you, anyone can challenge you. No one can challenge you if you're like the number one, um, have the number one headband. So that's how I kind of really relate to him because there's like barely any black characters in anime, even though honestly, anime is a um, country into itself and they make stories about themselves. So they make, um, that's pretty much why I don't really stress that much about like black people being in anime. But I mean, even the creator of Cowboy Bebop actually said that um, there should be like more diversity in anime. So, and now we have like at least about one or two animation studios headed by black people. Uh, one that, that we're called is called D Art, D um, apostrophe A R T, if I'm not mistaken of the spelling. And I mean, to see like a black man actually create, create and start his own animation studio in Japan itself, it's just remarkable to actually see that. Because as the old saying goes, or as I like to say, the Marvel way is to say, if you want something done right, do it yourself. I mean, that's why I call it the Marvel way, because Marvel makes their own movies. They have their own movie studio. So that's why I would say it's the Marvel way. Um, hey, yeah. over everything. Yeah. M-O-E. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And um, now, you are also um, you're actually a low-key celebrity in the otaku streets. You actually won the title of America's Greatest Otaku from the country of Japan, correct? Um. Yeah. Um, it was basically a show by Tokyo Pop where they were searching for the number one anime fan in America. And basically, I mean, I, I was reluctant to enter. And I and uh, my vice president encouraged me to just go ahead and enter. So I did it anyway. And I wind up like um, entering, getting interviewed. Um, the judges were um, animation studio studio directors, uh, voice actors, and fashion designers. And they were actually impressed by um, some of the stuff I did uh, through DC Anime Club. So that's um, one of the, um, they were really impressed by that. And one of the reasons I won is because of the, what I did with, for the community. Um, you know, sharing and getting people into anime and how you get others into anime. Mm, so, yeah, it was based upon... Um, some oh, qualities, imagination, expertise, passion, personality, participation. Uh, they knows what it's like. Some of the qualities um, they were um, grading, um, the judges were grading on. So yeah, I mean, I wind up winning, which I did not think I was going to win, and I wind up getting the the title of America's Great Otaku, a trip to Tokyo, Japan, and also. Um, a little uh, statue or a little trophy for our fan favorite. So the voting was actually for those who who uh, who you think should be, be the fan favorite. Who's your fan favorite? And the uh, judges were the ones who actually picked who got the title America's Great Talk. So there was like two different things, but I won both. Nice. Yeah. That's good. Um, where can now it's a show now? I think I've seen clips, but is there a way I can like watch the whole season in its entirety? Oh, it used to be on Hulu, but the folks at Tokyo Pop could not afford to keep it on um, Hulu. So, what wind up happening is that they um, have it on their on Tokyo Pop's uh, YouTube page. You go to YouTube and look up Tokyo Pop, or just type in America's Greatest Otaku on the um, what do you call it on YouTube? You'll be able to like find episodes of that. And just like uh, click play 
um, and you'll be able to like watch it on um, YouTube, the um, the YouTube for uh, Tokyo Pop. So yeah, that's your best mm-hmm. bet to watch watch the um the episodes of that show. Nice. Um, did you meet any uh, after being awarded? Um, did you was you able to ever network with any pop many uh, famous people that the listeners would know or? When I was there, I actually met um, some fashion designers, uh, creators of Hangry and Angry. Uh, it's been a minute since I've actually um, been to um, Japan. I mean, it was uh, since like what, it was 2010. I was actually in Japan. And How was that for you? Was that your first time going to Japan? Yes, it was. <laughs> How was it for you? It was, oh, wow. It was a mind-blowing experience. And what people think is happening in Japan regarding anime, it's it's not. A lot of people think that if you're into anime, or the people who are into anime, the anime fans, they think that, okay, I'm going to the promised land when I go to Japan. But, I mean, it's not what everyone thinks. It's not like, okay, you go to a subway station and you may expect some people to like um, a whole row of people reading manga. I only saw like maybe one or two people on the train while I was taking a train in Japan, in Tokyo to um, people were like reading manga, maybe one or two, not like a whole row or anything. And then of course there's like, um, I actually was visiting an animation studio, toy animation, the same people, people who brought us uh, anything Dragon Ball, to Pretty Cure, to One Piece. I actually watched as the animators were like working on one oh, episode of One Piece and an, epi- and an episode of Pretty Cure. They're actually literally animating right before my eyes. I'm like, oh my God, this is amazing. I was actually in Toy Animation Studios and I got to see some things that no, no other person, person was able to, um, to see, uh, such as what I just mentioned, to actually um, seeing some interns actually in their... Um, oh, being in awe and actually explaining how animation is made in Japan. And that, that was just like, um, a want to me, almost like a once in a lifetime experience. I mean, I've actually, um, also went to the G Rosa where I watched the super Sentai, which is brought here to America as power Rangers. And at the time it was, um, at the G Rosa, I'm trying to remember what it was called in Japan. Uh, gold Sigger. I believe it's called. And that Gold Seeker was actually brought here to America as Power Rangers Mega Force. That was the um, the current um, Super Sentai that I watched. And Power Rider O's. But I saw the stage show, actual stage show with like the um, the people um, actually performing as the Super Sentai uh, characters. And I actually enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun, you know, but it was winter. So we had to be like inside. I mean, they sometimes do it like outside as well. So you actually have these stunt people actually um, in the costumes of the Super Sentai characters and they're just doing all the martial arts and fighting the bad guys and they're like kids there. But you got kids are there, but their moms are bringing them there because the, um, the moms want to see the good looking guys in costume. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, let's see. I mean, there was just so many things I've actually done while I was in Tokyo. But yeah, I mean, some of it, I requested it. And some of that um, did not. I mean, like, for example, me going to Takashita Street and I was cosplaying as Mario from Super Mario Brothers. I was walking down mm-hmm. there and I mean, I was there. I went to May Cafes. Um, I also went to a Butler Cafe as well. Why? Uh, I mean, it was just something that um, they wanted me to experience. 
both. Oh, okay. No judgment. So <laughs> <laughs> they weren't shirtless. In there. No, they, they were not. Tea, were they? No, they were not. Oh, okay. Let's make sure. No, 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 no. It's not. No, but don't they do that at some Butler cafes, right? No, they don't. There's nothing sexual at these cafes at all. Nothing sexual. No, of course, nothing sexual, but like they just serve you and just provocatively dress like stuff, right? No, no provocative anything. I mean, okay, no, okay. Nothing provocative. No, because I saw the host club and then it's like I saw the anime host club and it's like, oh, you know, oh. you know, just a different culture, I guess. I need to. Yeah, that's just you know, I mean, it's not. I mean, it's not like what you see in anime. Yeah. Right. Okay. 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 Oh, no. Yeah. Stuff gets lost in translation. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, also, you are the president and creator of the DC Anime Club, correct? Yes, I am. Now, as I was saying earlier, my first involvement in DC Anime Club was when I was in a te- as a teenager, and I came to uh, visit and check it out, and it's really awesome. Started on the Mar- I went to the Martin Luther King Library. Library. Now, uh, I want you to uh, talk about um, your responsibilities in the DC Anime Club and how that came about. Well, basically, the libraries, first off, we didn't start off at MLK. We started off at the uh, Northeast Neighborhood Library Anime Club. We were known as the Northeast um, Neighborhood Library Anime Club at the time. Because one, um, the library wanted a bunch of clubs, and an anime club was one of them. So I pitched in and volunteered to help make that happen. And the club was growing, but we moved out due to uh, creative differences between us and the uh, library. We moved from Northeast Neighborhood Library to Southeast Neighborhood Library to finally moving to um, MLK. And... Um, the reason why we moved from place to place was not just because of um, creative differences, but because also like um, some um, a parent who was like concerned that we were a breeding ground for uh, pedophiles because we had a mixed age range. Even though all we were doing is just watching Amy together. I mean, we're just having right. a good time. No weird stuff going on. I mean, yeah, because that's what happened. That's what some of the other members tell me about. But it's like, ain't no weird stuff going on, man. I mean, we're having a, like a good time. And then what, right. what, we, what we wind up happening is that I mean, we just kept on going. I mean, we just never stopped. Some people didn't think we were like we would last, but now we're doing stuff that no other anime clubs have been doing. I mean, there are other anime clubs that actually see us and say, "Okay, well, DC Anime Club, they're doing all these creative activities. If we want more members, we if we want to like keep doing um things or keep the club alive, we have to like do creative activities too, besides just screenings." Ain't the motto "Harder, Faster, Stronger"? Was it harder, better, faster, stronger? There you go. And that's what it be doing. Like, y'all be doing some big stuff. Like, like how much are dues? Um, um, Chris, they're not even that much. Right? They're like um, $20 a month? So currently, they're like $5 a month. $5? Like, that's what I was saying. The dues are only $5 a month, and you have the Flies events. T- tell us some of the events you have. Uh, this year, some of our uh, biggest events have been the free screening for My Hero Academia at the Fairfax movie theater known as the Angelica Mosaic. And we wind up like taking RSVPs for that. And what we wind up happening is that we had like 124 people who participated in the event in a room that could fit 155 people. And we gave out uh, free posters for My Hero Academia uh, movie two, Heroes Rising. So people actually enjoyed it and had a good time at the screening. 
So yeah, I mean, we're. I'm hopefully my dream is to like make that into an annual thing. Because I know last year we showed Dragon Ball Super Brawly movie. Uh, we rented out a theater for that. I you literally come out of my pocket to screen um, these movies in movie theaters. Um, I've done. I spent like about seventeen hundred dollars for Avengers Endgame out of my pocket. Ooh. Um, fifteen hundred dollars out of my pocket for My Hero Academia. Um, movie two, uh, $1,300 out of my pocket for Dragon Ball Super Brawly movie and about $800 out of my pocket for Dark Phoenix. Now, these are basically free events to the members, correct? Uh, actually, those were free events for everybody, whether you're a member or not. You didn't have to be a member. You didn't have to just um, show up because I'm not paying for empty seats. I want a huge crowd and as long as people know that DC Anime Club actually did the event, I'm cool. We actually have our own commercial that we aired right before um, all the um, most of the um, screens that we did uh, for Avengers Endgame to what else? The uh, My Hero Academia screening to the uh, what's the other one? Um, Dragon Ball Super Brawling movie. So yeah, I mean. Yeah, and it's, I mean, my thing is like, like you, you just told me events from like the past year, right? Yes. Now, since I've been going, you all, you've had like fly events like for years and years. Like, um, one of the events that I really enjoyed, um, going, it was, it was free. I just, you just pay your due and it was free to the members. It was, uh, there's a video game symphony, symphony event. Uh, hosted by Tommy Tellerico, who was an actual video game music composer for different a whole bunch of different video game video games like Odd World, Earthworm Jim, uh, Beavis and Butthead, a whole bunch of stuff. They had like a, a Guitar Hero contest back when Guitar Hero was you know popping, right? In this really great environment, it's like you just it's just mind blowing because you have so many cool events, you know, and it's like it's like basically free, you know, right. And it's like not only do you have the events, you just have you have like video game day, game swap day, cosplay day, you know. And then you also you also uh, get like anime uh, from different companies before it hits the streets, right? And then sometimes you screen it, you know. Oh yeah, is that is that cool? Yeah, we actually like, um, right. do that. We uh, actually have done that. Uh, before and we just saw screen of like the newest and latest stuff as well but even more so nowadays I mean it's mainly like either that or whatever the members bring in you know you don't bring it we won't watch it you don't bring it we won't play it for video game day so we try to show the newest and latest stuff in order to attract people but no. the thing is people watch anime virtually anywhere so right we gotta have the newest and latest stuff that people cannot get anyplace else like Right now, I mean, with Video Game Day, we took that up a notch by actually having our own PlayStation 4 and our own Nintendo Switch for the club, along with some games for those as well. And hopefully we can get the PS5, but I'm a little leery about that because um, speaking from an outside perspective, the system PS5 is not um, backwards compatible, meaning you can't play um, games that you have um the uh for the ps4 
one through four. You can't p- play the um the games for those that um for the PS5. I mean, the only good looking games I've um seen thus far for the PS5 is that new Spider Man Miles Morales um game. And he's like he looks like all grown up in that one. But yeah, um we've actually been taking it up a notch and with um everything, like I said, it's uh like we said, it's harder, better, faster, stronger. And this year we were Cooking and Crisco. I mean, we've been getting either a huge turnout or or a full house. Like the um, what is that movie theater? It's called the Eaton Workshop. It's a small but beautiful movie theater. Fits like sixty people, and they contacted us to have host some um some some of our meetings or screenings. And it's not not too far to where um I worked, and I actually went down to the Eaton Workshop and actually uh looked at the place and. It was a slow process of actually getting more people here uh, due to screen permission, but we actually started, got our first time full house when we showed um, Red Sun Superman, one of those DC um, animated directed DVD movies. We've actually been showing those at the um, club as well for a long time because those are very popular. And the only way you could get those is if you either buy the DVDs or download or whatever. And not everyone, especially in Washington, DC. As people in D.C. proper, it, I mean, they don't touch computer, period. I mean, they don't touch computer. They just go like, oh, I don't know nothing about no computer or I don't mess with no computer. And, I mean, speaking, of, so, I mean, I'm speaking from the perspective of someone that grew up in Southeast D.C. Yeah, I mean, right. in Maryland yeah. got no problem. Yeah, I know what time it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, you also, like, as you said before, that DCMA club... <clears throat> is involved in the community. Can you tell us some of the uh, entities in the community that you're allied with, such as the, um, I, I, I don't want to say it wrong, the Japanese em- embassy. It was, um, I know you've had events with the, uh, the, the DC uh, cherry blossom festival. Correct? Um, basically what the uh, cherry blossom festival, what we did is we just, um, we actually participated in the parade twice. We, we had, it's like the only way we could actually participate in um, that, um, event was not just being cosplay. We couldn't just do cosplay. We had to have the DCMA club dancers. Um, unfortunately, we don't have the DCMA club dancers anymore, but we had the DCMA club dancers in order to promote or actually get DCMA club into the Sakura Matsuri, no, not the Sakura Matsuri, but the Sakura Cherry Blossom Parade, the Cherry Blossom Festival Parade. And we actually yeah. um, managed to participate in that um, um, about twice. Um, the second time was when DC Events contacted us to be part of their um, their uh, presentation on their float. Yeah, and I mean we managed to do that, and also some of us actually participate in the uh, cosplay uh, presentation uh, that uh, the folks of the Miami USA were doing on stage at the soccer soccer Matsuri. We actually participated in that, and I've been participating um, in the Sakura Matsuri um, cosplay fashion show for years because really um, those who do that they get it for free, and it's been fun. I mean, I actually um, participated. I cosplayed as Mega Man um, years ago. I say I want to say like maybe two years ago. Yeah, I remember it. it looked cool. Yeah, and then there's the um, the uh, Power Ranger one. 
uh, the Red uh, Power Ranger from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I participated in that as well, and it was uh, it was a lot of fun. I mean, I I couldn't like walk five a minute without someone trying to take my picture, especially like the little mm-hmm. kids like walking up to me in my Power Ranger outfit. Yeah, because it, it means so much. Because it's like when I go to cons and I see what the cosplay means to kids, they just light up, and that's like really cool. Yeah, you know. Um, also at the DC Anime Club, I noticed they had a really big presence at BlurredCon. Um, anime wise, could you uh, go into detail about uh, that? basically the folks at BlurredCon contacted, uh, well, to be blunt, um, the con chair Hilton, um, contacted me via my phone, and we just talk, talked about how DC Anime Club could get involved with uh, BlurredCon. And we had had a meeting via phone, and then we had a meeting face to face. Three of us were at, actually representing DC Anime Club uh, during the meeting, and we decided to just screen anime, and of course have a table um, at the con as well to promote DC Anime Club and also run the uh, table as well. So, yeah, I mean, we literally have run the anime room for uh, for three years. And we've packed that room. We were the most organized thing there. Um, not to say that the, the con was disorganized or anything, but this to say that we um, pretty much had our um, stuff together when it comes to um, the con in general. We had like more, um, the most, I want to say maybe the most people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I mean, we uh, pretty much just had, was just, it was just lit. And people actually lined up to yeah, get into the room. It was lit. I, I was there. Yeah, it was tough. Yeah. I mean, especially like when we showed um, stuff late at night. Yeah. So, yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was the most packed. The priest come out at night. What? what? <laughs> Please go Yeah, on, but um, yeah, we actually um, just screened um, anime 72 hours straight, nonstop. So, it was literally nonstop. 3 o'clock, 3 p.m., Friday to 3 p.m. Saturday. Darn right. We don't stop. We don't get tired. Anime forever. Yeah, some of us had to drink Red Bull in order to like keep um, keep up and uh, wake up, stay up. Um, we had night shift, day shift. So we just basically showed the newest and latest stuff um, based upon information we got from Crunchyroll that are actually mm. uh, pro, pro con and pro club. They actually provide stuff mm-hmm. for clubs, um, such as free streaming, mm-hmm. for at least about ninety days. And if you want it revised, you gotta you have to contact Crunchyroll again and say, "Hey, we want um, the um, Crunchyroll stuff back up again." So that's yeah, main, that's one of the main things we like showed was off of mm-hmm. Crunchyroll. So yeah, um, and people actually um, liked it. I mean, we actually took it up a notch like last year. We showed this uh, live-action uh, fan-made movie, which was a crossover between Afro Samurai and Samurai Champloo. And we okay. showed that. We actually talked to the producers of that of that uh, particular movie, and they actually um, allowed us to show that like about three times. Once at the let's see, the Eaton Workshop, and then again at the uh, at BlurCon. In two rooms, so they got to show that movie twice. Um, they did it on their own at BlurCon in their own panel and room, and then they showed it again in the anime room that we were running. 
And again, we showed it at uh, the Eaton Workshop. And we also showed Afro Samurai Champloo at the the convention known as Superstar Anime. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we were we basically promoted that movie like crazy by just screening over and over all over the place. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean that room is actually um, I have said some bias, but like one of if not the best rooms um, ever when it comes to like um, screening. We it is literally the best damn anime screening room in the DMV. Period, because we actually pack it in. Now, um, I really would like to have you on to explain more. I talked to you all day, um, but with the interest of time, um, usually on the show, I ask the guests, uh, husband or waifu. Now, I apologize to o- Otaku. I pronounced it wrong. It's pronounced waifu. Now, Chris, now, I know, and I usually ask if, what your waifu is, but I've met your wife. And she's very nice and everything. Where did you meet her at? She's like very nice and lovely. Where did you meet her? I met her at college. Okay. Yeah. Um, basically, I saw her. She was like working for the uh, school newspaper. Mm-hmm. And I actually, um, we just started talking and um, she made a move on me. Mm-hmm. Ow. Yeah, the quiet ones get all the girls. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, yeah, um, we met and we started dating. She wasn't into anime at first, but then I started, we um, kind of got her into that through uh, Miyazaki. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she's a big, big fan of Hayao Miyazaki's um, work, um, but she also likes some other stuff as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, I kind of got, got her into um, anime and got her into conventions and we started like going to conventions um we eloped and and we're married for five years and then after that five years we had a public wedding and, and actually it was four years oh uh, four years yeah hello hey, how you doing i'm still here Great. Oh, i just want to say like it was like you're really like i don't know if you remember me but i've met you a couple of times and you're always nice and friendly i just want to say it's real cool mm, i didn't mean to interrupt no, it's okay um so now, um, Christopher Wanamaker, now where can people follow you to learn more about you or to just learn more about the DC Anime Club or just uh, America's Greatest Otaku in general? Um, your best bet is to go to www.dcanimeclub.org. Um, you, we have like all these social medias. We got Facebook fan page, Facebook group page, uh, Twitter a mailing list, YouTube, photo bucket. Uh, we have like so many um, sources. We have uh, Instagram as well. If you can't remember any of that, just Google us. Yeah, Google's your friend. Just Google us. Um, just go to um, also just type in um, America's Great Otaku, Chris Wanamaker um, on Facebook. Or, um, I mean, you just like this. Like I said, just Google us. Do it's not hard IG? to find us. Or did you, I mean, did you say IG already? Hmm? Yes, we have an Instagram. Um, DC Anime Club. I mean, you just like type in DC Anime Club and you'll find us on okay, um, Instagram. Great. And I also have a new IG page for this podcast. It's otaku underscore life 87. 
If you have any uh, complaints or any positive criticism or you just want to be a guest on the show, just slide in my DMs. And Christopher Wanamaker, I really appreciate you coming on my show. Oh, my pleasure. And we out.